I never thought it would come to this, but I have to say that it's time for you to stop creating. I know, bad idea, right? But why would I give you the opposite advice of what the likes of Gary Vee, Alex Hormozzi, Jay Klaus, and other top creators recommend for growing your audience or your brand? That's because I'm actually not. You see, while everybody else is out there beating their heads against the wall, trying to scrape up new content ideas that hopefully perform better, there's another approach that's way easier, less time consuming, and basically guarantees that your view counts, subscriber gains, and overall success begins to skyrocket. But hardly anybody is doing this. So in this episode, we're going to explore the ridiculously simple growth method of content recycling to ensure that you reach more people, deliver your best stuff to your newest followers, and essentially guarantee more predictable positive outcomes. And it's all easier than trying to come up with and create new content over and over again. Let's do this. So let's look at why recycling is such a good thing when we're talking about creating content or repurposing content. You see, recycling previously best performing content has a variety of benefits, some of which are more obvious than others. So here's four benefits for you right here. Number one, it's way less work on you. Number two, the greater chances of higher engagement is kind of just there because it's based on a track record. It's something you've already done. And because of that, here's a reason number three, the past performance notates that it's already a high value piece for your audience. It's worth serving them again. And if you have new followers, new subscribers, new people to your audience, you know that this is gonna be a banger for them. So let's get that content back out to them. And it also does help steer the direction of new and future content that you do choose to create. When you comb through your past content to find the best performing posts, it can actually be a breeze if you have the right system in place, which I'll share with you in a moment. Plus, when reusing content that performed well in the past, not only do you have a more predictable likelihood of positive engagement, which is great for your brand and audience building efforts, but you can also be more certain that the content is really valuable for your followers. But if recycling content is so great, like I'm saying, then why don't more people take advantage of this powerful growth tactic? And I really think that there's probably two points of friction here that we all have fallen into at least one of these two traps, maybe both at some point. Friction point number one is that you don't measure the performance of the things that you're posting. And for me, I've often fallen guilty to the grind of content creation. And mainly it's because I enjoy it so much, so much so that I forget to look back at how my posts have performed outside of just casually noticing basic metrics like impressions, views, likes, and comments, just kind of jumping in there to make myself feel good. And outside of these basic metrics, the very next challenge becomes, okay, how do I interpret this data? What do I do when I look at all of these numbers? What does it all actually mean? Glancing at your analytics doesn't do much past either making you feel really good or make you feel like crap unless you set aside a certain amount of time and mental energy to assess what content did well and what didn't. This is where determining your KPIs comes into play. KPIs, also known as key performance indicators, are the specific metrics that you choose to measure as a means to understand if something has performed well or if it didn't perform so well. So my two favorite platforms right now, let's look at it, just a couple quick example KPIs. And number one is on the platform X, formerly known as Twitter. I've really been enjoying that space lately. And here's some example KPIs that people using that platform may be tracking. Maybe it's profile views from a post. 
So how many people actually went and checked out your profile because of the post that showed up in their feed? Another KPI may be just the number of mentions, retweets, likes, anything that's kind of engagement. What's the overall engagement on that post? Or just post impressions. How many times did it show up in somebody's feed? How many sets of eyeballs actually saw what you posted? The other platform that I'm obsessed with, I always have been, but I've really been trying to put more energy and effort into it, is YouTube. I love it as a consumer, as a creator. I'm just a huge YouTube fan. Some KPIs for those that are posting and uploading on YouTube may be total video watch time. What's How long did people actually spend as a, as a whole watching a video? Or the average view duration, very similar to watch time, but now we're kind of looking at over the course of all the people that watched, how long on average did people stick around to watch? And the last one may be kind of more of a ratio where you're comparing the views to the impressions, where really what we're doing is we're looking at a CTR or also known as a click-through rate. How many people saw your stuff in the feed and then chose out of everything else that was on their screen to click on your video? These are example KPIs that a lot of people choose to track, or in this instance, a lot of people are choosing to ignore because it seems more daunting than it really is. But regardless, once you've established your KPIs, then it's just a matter of setting performance goals. And admittedly, I am not a natural numbers guy. Therefore, you may be better at establishing KPIs and setting goals accordingly than I am. That's friction point number one. Friction number point number two is that you just don't have a good system for collecting and subsequently analyzing that data. Even just in this past week, I've realized how awful my content analytics assessment has been. And as of now, I'm posting three short form videos per day across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or X, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Not to mention all the other tweets, threads, and other full length YouTube videos that I post. So if we do some quick, just basic content math here, this is what my current output looks like right now as we use myself as the example. So that's five different channels that I mentioned that I'm posting on. And I'm posting on all of those channels, all five of those, three times a day. Plus we have other random tweets and other full length YouTube videos that are getting posted throughout the day or throughout the week. So if we average that up and kind of give ourselves an easy number to remember, that's essentially 20 daily posts which means 140 posts per week, or on a monthly scale, that's 620 posts that I'm uploading, creating and uploading every single month. And I don't say this to pat myself on the back or to make myself look good. I've worked hard to build a content creation system that helps me do that on a weekly basis. But the fact is, it's a lot of work. And mind you, this is all original content. Much of it is repurposed according to my pillar micro content repurposing strategy, which I've talked about in length before in previous videos. And you can also go over to evanshank.com, my website, where I have an article section and you can find that article and it has the video podcast right there as well. So you can dig into what I mean when I'm talking about pillar micro content, that whole repurposing strategy. It's what I really hang my hat on and it's helped me a lot. But nonetheless, outside of that, everything that I'm making, it is fully original. So without a system to help me log the data and filter the top performers based on my KPIs, I'd absolutely be swallowed up in a sea of data, making it easier to just blindly create new content instead of leveraging these useful analytics that are there. 
And so I'm gonna give you a simple tool to help you with all your data soon. But let's quickly talk about how often to recycle content and how much content to scrape off the top to reuse in your content strategy and all of the efforts that you're putting into your content. And now that we understand why we ought to be recycling content and have addressed the two major friction points, let's figure out when and how much to recycle. Take a moment to look at the chart that I put up on the screen here for us. And there's three sections. We've got a yellow, a blue, and a purple section. This is kind of a table for those of you listening to the audio version of this podcast and whatever streaming platform you're listening to. You can go onto YouTube and find the video version of this or watch the video version from Spotify, pretty cool feature that they've rolled out now. Or you can head over to evanshank.com and this article, this blog will be up with a video embedded in these pictures as well. But anyway, for those that are tuning in with their eyeballs right now, you've got a chart in front of you. The yellow section is representing for those who post one time a day. And I know that there's a lot of people out there and you may be one of them where even posting uh, original content once a day is hard and trust me i get it and that's why i'm here is makes that's why i want you to subscribe and stay tuned and be a part of my circle because this is what i'm really focused on helping you with is increasing your capabilities with content because as you increase what you can create and repurpose and how you build successful content it lifts everything else up in your brand depending on what your goals are from a personal or professional side so yellow section, one-time daily posts, blue section, two-time daily posts, and the purple section is three-time daily posts. So then the columns that we have going down uh, from left to right, it's kind of looking at the math if we were to recycle the top 5% of posts, and then we have a top 10% and a top 20%. So you could actually see the numbers. So just some quick highlight, I just wanna highlight some quick notable takeaways from each of these sections, and you can dig into this, and I've got a takeaway for you here in a second as well. So if you're posting one time a day, and you choose to recycle the top 20% of your posts, you're gonna have 72 posts at the end of the year, which is 2.4 months of content, essentially two and a half months of extra content that you already know was a top performer. And similarly, if you're posting two times a day and you recycle the top 10% of posts, you'll also have 72 posts at the end of the year, but because you're posting twice as often, this is just a little bit over one month of additional content. And if you're posting three times a day and recycle the top 10% of your posts, because <laughs> this is crazy, I'll, let me highlight this number real quick. If you're posting three times a day, that's annually, that's 1,080 posts. Okay, so and if you're taking the top 10% of that, that's 108 other posts, which is just over a month's worth of content. So if you think about it, it's like you work for a year to just create content, try different things, try uh, all from all different angles, different topics, just see what the right fit is, find what works well for your voice and what you want to represent in the world, all of these things. <laughs> and as you get into year number two, and you keep you continue to create content if you so choose you already have an extra bank worth of like a month's worth of top performing posts that you can start to sprinkle in that's going to just increase your growth on all these channels because it's already done that for you it's already a top performer and what's funny is i recently heard gary v state that posting four times daily on all social media channels is the sweet spot, at least right now, which, <laughs> dude, that's a lot of content. 
But based on Gary Vee's posting cadence, I'm throwing up another uh, a little mini chart on the screen here for you. Here's the math on it. Monthly, that's 120 posts if you're posting four times a day. Quarterly, that's 360 posts. And annually, that's 1,440 posts. So if you recycle annually, you recycle 5% of that, that's 72 posts. If you recycle 10% of it, that's 144 posts. And if you recycle the top 20%, that's 288 top performing posts, which really equals 2.4 months of reusable content if that's all you scheduled or posted. For two and a half months, essentially, you wouldn't have to create anything and it would all be stuff that you know did well. In all of these scenarios, though, when you get into year two, like I said, it's just this whole thing of now you have you almost have more content than you know what to do with. And that's why we need some sort of recycling system and understand how to analyze what is our top performers, going back to the KPIs that we talked about earlier. And although there's no rule per se, I think the logical answer to what percentage you should recycle really comes down to this key statement. So pay attention. The more at-bats that you have, the lower the percentage of top content you'll likely recycle. If you're only posting one time a day over the course of a year, you're probably going to have to recycle a higher percentage of that if you're looking to really add that into the mix and either increase your content frequency or say you have a trip coming up and you like you just want to completely log off and be like focused on your family or just with your toes in the sand at whatever beach that you're vacating at you're going to have more content because because you weren't posting as much initially you're going to want to take a bigger like sample size. The top performing bar would maybe be that top 10% or top 20%. Now, if you're posting four times a day across all your channels, then taking the top 20% is almost silly because there's such a high volume of content that you've already been creating and putting out there that you can be a little bit more strict on that top percentage of what you allow to come through. So maybe the sweet spot is somewhere in that 10% range and you can find what works for you. Like I said, there's no real rule for that, but logically, the more that you're posting, the smaller that, that percentage that you're gonna scrape off the top for recycling becomes. So the next logical question past this then, you may be thinking, so Evan, do I just trash all my other content then? No, consider this. Even if a post didn't make it into your recycle batch, the next layer of decent posts, maybe that next best 10 to 20%, depending on your posting frequency, can be dissected and then repackaged to used as another attempt, kind of give it another shot of doing well. And so this is where we start to kind of tinker with things and kind of change just a little bit, smooth out some of the edges on the content itself. So you can tinker with top performing posts in a variety of ways. And here are a couple examples. You could mess with the title or the caption. You could change the posting or uploading time of day or the day of the week. You could rework the hook, the thing that grabs people and pulls them into whatever piece of content that is on any channel. This applies to everywhere. So if we're talking tweets, we're talking YouTube, we're talking even uh, your email newsletters and trying to get people to open more emails moving forward, you wanna repurpose or recycle one of those emails. This works for all of it, man. You can also add or remove the CTA, also known as call to action. So if you want people to download a template or buy a product or subscribe to a newsletter, subscribe to your YouTube channel, 
you can play around with where you put that in the post. You can play around with the words that you use. And maybe, maybe the post just didn't do that well and it had no CTA on it. And maybe if you add that in, it starts to contextualize and make more sense. And then you get more conversions from it as well. But I digress. There's a lot of ways that you can just slightly tweak your content and give it another chance to do really well. And the reasons to tinker with it before just giving up on it is because now that you have some information of like what worked okay, because obviously we're not talking about the top, top performing, we might just want to essentially copy and paste those back into our social media queue or our content queue, the scheduling that we do with it, if you're doing that. Um, this is the, that next batch, right? So we're tweak, tweaking things. And so we have some data on it already of how well or not so well it did based on the expectations we had when we first hit upload. But the idea is that we want to increase like the algorithm friendliness. We want to increase the engagement metrics. We don't want it to just go up and be stale. We want people to engage with it. So that's why it's worth making some micro adjustments to see if it helps it. Maybe it gets boosted up a little bit more in the algorithm because it's friendly to the algorithm. People like it more. They start clicking the hearts or the comments or the reposts, depending on the platform you're on. And then also it can increase the uh, call to action conversions. So the thing that you ultimately want people to do, whether that's sign up to be a client or a subscriber or whatever, we want to increase that, right? And now if we then tweak some things, put it back out into the world and we measure how it did, if it still doesn't perform and land in that top performing standard, that like top 10% will say on that next go around, then maybe it is worth sending to the content graveyard, which honestly is a good thing. Have you ever heard of the old saying, stop beating a dead horse? Well, in this sense, underperforming content serves as a signal of what not to do, making the process of knowing what to do a whole lot easier. And it may have been just a bad topic fit. Maybe it was too advanced or too basic for the primary people in your audience. You know, maybe it didn't align with your brand persona. There was some sort of disconnect between who people think you are and then also this post didn't represent you in a way that made like cohesive sense to them. And so it just didn't pop off. It didn't really resonate, so to speak. Or maybe it just was not really algorithm friendly. Maybe it just sucked on that front and therefore it gets no reach or aka no real chance to actually perform and get in front of people. So here are the next steps to recycling content. The action item for you to take away from here today is take a moment to set aside some time. It doesn't have to be a long time. It can be 20 minutes. It can be 60 minutes, whatever. But very soon in the next couple days, carve out some time to assess the past 30 to 90 days of content, depending on how often you post. And if you're not posting as often, go back a little further. Maybe if you're posting once a day, go back and look at the past 90 days worth of content. Or if you're posting three times a day, Go back and look at the past 30 days of content, all right? That way it's not such a large pool of content that it's hard, you just get like lost in the numbers. Do that and start, look th start looking for common themes within your top performers. And next week, I'll be giving you an entire content recycling database to make the system way easier to apply, as well as some tips on what metrics to pay attention to, depending on your platform and your goals. So make sure you stay tuned. And until next time, peace. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more content on this channel ready for you right now. If you're catching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave because that simple action exponentially helps this channel grow. I value your time and attention. 
So thank you for sticking around. You're the best. And until next time, peace.